Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We don't know when the Lord's coming. The sooner the better for sure. But that's not to be our obsession. That's not to be our preoccupation. Our preoccupation is to be, Lord, we want to get the word out. We want to see the gospel spread. So, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Because, you know, this is something we can't do ourselves. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Acts, chapter 28, in a message titled, The Book of Acts, The Never-Ending Story. Now, here's Pastor Brian. There are three things that I want us to see, and the first one is this, that the sovereign purposes of God will prevail over all of the opposing forces. And and so we see that. We're reminded of that. You know, some have wondered uh, why Luke would spend so much time in detail on the story of Paul's journey through this storm from Jerusalem, Caesarea, to Rome. And yet it seems that through this detailed account, Luke is, is highlighting something. He's highlighting the fact that God is going to get his work done. He's going to get his servants uh, through whatever might, might come against them. That, that's really the reason that Luke gives us this kind of detail. He's showing that despite the opposition, and boy, there's some serious opposition here, but despite this, God is faithful. Now remember, Paul, Paul is... You know, he seems like he's a, he's a victim of these injustices. He's been arrested and falsely accused and tried and all, all of the stuff that he goes through. But remember, there is, a, there is a plan here, and the plan is to get him before Caesar. The Lord said to him, you're going to testify for me in Rome. Just like you testified in Jerusalem, you're going to testify for me in Rome. Uh, the Lord said specifically to him, you're going you're gonna to stand before Caesar. And so that's, that's the goal but then we see that there's all of this uh, opposition to that. John Stott said this in his commentary. He said, it's not so much that Paul had said, I must visit Rome, as that Jesus had said to him, you must testify in Rome. Yet circumstance after circumstance seemed calculated to make this impossible. Paul had expressed his intention to proceed straight from Jerusalem to Rome Instead, he was arrested in Jerusalem, subjected to endless trials, threatened with assassination, imprisoned in Caesarea, nearly drowned in the Mediterranean, almost killed by soldiers, and poisoned by a snake. Each incident seemed to be designed to prevent Paul reaching his uh, God plan and God ordained destination. And that's exactly what we see. The reality is the devil is the great enemy of God, the gospel, the church, me, and you. Anybody who's going to go in the direction of serving God is going to meet opposition. But the good news is that God wins in the end, and and the Lord is victorious. So despite all of these efforts by Satan, really, uh, to prevent Paul from standing before Caesar. Now, remember, Paul had stood before these other 
uh, rulers. He stood before Felix and Festus and King Agrippa. But ultimately, he's going to stand before the emperor, the, the, the ruler of the world at the time. And he's going to testify, Jesus said. And you can, you can be sure that Paul did do that. But, of course, like I said earlier, there's opposition. So God has a plan. He's going to move us in a direction. And the devil's going to do all he can to try to thwart that, to try to prevent that. But God overrules all that. But he still allows some of it to happen. And boy, as you look at this, this thing with Paul, and as you just look at the, the ministry of Paul and, and the other apostles, for that matter, all throughout the book, you see that it was just, you know, every single effort to get the gospel out was met with opposition. Now, that's still true. It's still true today. But I, I wonder, and there are people that live in these circumstances. I mean, what if for us, what if every time we try to make any forward advance with the gospel, what if we were met with this kind of opposition? You know, how many of us would just say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do anything because it's, it's just too hard. But, you know, that's the way it is. That's all part of it. Just press through, just keep going. And, you know, whether it's teaching Sunday school or going on a short-term mission or doing anything, anything that you're going to do that's going to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to lead somebody closer to the Lord, it's going to be met with opposition. That's the truth. But again, remember this, the sovereign purposes of God will prevail over all opposing forces. So we can have that confidence that in the end, even though the, the, the way we, we, we get there might be far different than we ever imagined, God's going to get us there. Or God's going to get the thing done that he wants to get done as we yield ourselves to him. So that's number one. Secondly, the thing that we see here that I think is important to remember is that response to the gospel will always be mixed. There's always going to be a mixed response to the gospel. You know, sometimes I, I just, you know, listening to different voices and hearing what people say at times, you know, we can almost get the impression that the the reason people don't believe is because they just haven't had a clear or a proper presentation. And if, you know, if they could just hear the gospel from us, we would make it really clear and then they'd all believe. Uh, that's just not the way it works. Of course, that's not the way it worked with Jesus, right? Can you get a better presentation of the gospel than from Jesus Christ himself? No, you can't. But not everybody believed the message that Jesus brought. And so here it is with Paul. Paul is there in Rome. He's got these, all of these Jewish leaders now that have come together. They're asking questions. They say, tell us about this sect. That's what they called it, a sect. Tell us about this because we don't really know about it, except we know this, that it's, it's spoken against everywhere. So Paul, we've got some questions we want to know. So they come together. And again, who's, who's a better person to explain to Jews the law of Moses, the prophets, and how th those were all testifying of Jesus. Man, Paul was a rabbi, so he knew it all. And so, you know, you would have thought that once Rabbi Paul communicated that clearly to that group, they all would have said, oh man, hallelujah, the Messiah has come. Yes, we believe, but they didn't. Some of them did, but there was a division. 
Some of them refused to believe and went on in their resistance. And, and this is what we should expect today as well. Not everybody's going to believe. But a third thing that we see here is that God will send his message where it will be received. And that's what Paul says. After speaking to them, after quoting Isaiah to them, reminding them, well, you know, as, as they harden their hearts, Paul says, yep, that's just what Isaiah said. You guys are fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy. Hearing, you're going to hear, but not understand. Seeing, you're going to see, but not perceive. Why? Because your hearts have become hard. And so you won't turn so God can heal you. So Paul then says to them, let it be known to you that from this point on, God's word is going to the Gentiles and they will hear it. They will hear it. God sends his word to where people are going to hear it. Now, you know, sometimes I get a, just a fear for our country because of the exposure that we have had for basically, you know, from the very beginning of the history of, of this nation, a couple hundred years, the exposure that we've had to the gospel and the, the freedom with which the gospel has been able to go out into the culture. And it seems like we have a, a similar thing to what the, the case was with the Jews in those days, where it's like, yeah, heard that, heard that already. Yeah, I'm not interested. You know, don't really care. People have heard it so much, their hearts have become hardened. And then thirdly, it says that Paul then remained for two years in Rome. And during those two years, people would come to him. And what does it say? It says that he was in his own rented house. He received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Preaching the kingdom and teaching Jesus Christ is the perpetual purpose and calling of the church. This is what the church is to do. The church is to preach the kingdom of God and teach people about Jesus Christ. That, that's what the church is to do. If the church is not doing that, then the church is really not the church according to the biblical picture of the church. And so this is, is what Paul did, and it is an example of what we are to do. So preaching the kingdom of God, what is that? He talked about the fact that Christ was the true king. Now, of course, this would be in opposition to the popular view that Caesar was king. Caesar's the emperor. You know, in those days, they would literally refer to Caesar as the Lord. So when the New Testament says Jesus is Lord, that was a pushback against the propaganda of the empire that, no, Caesar is Lord. That's what they said. And they wanted everybody to agree to that, that Caesar is Lord. But the Christian said, no, Jesus is Lord. And so as Paul preached the kingdom, that's what he would preach, that Christ is the true king. And of course, that's what we believe, that Jesus is the true king. Jesus is the Lord. His kingdom is the, the kingdom that we're ultimately concerned with. 
and we're, we're ultimately serving not anything other than that. The second thing uh, Paul would have preached is that the kingdom has come. See, the kingdom came when Jesus came. The king came and he brought the kingdom with him. And so when Jesus went around the villages of Galilee preaching, what did he say? He said, the kingdom of God is, is here. The kingdom, when Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand, as it reads in our text, he's saying the kingdom of God is here now. And then what did he say? Repent and believe in the gospel. And so the kingdom of God has come. God's kingdom has broken into history through the person of Christ, and we enter the kingdom today. Somebody put it like this a long time ago, that we are living in the already but not yet. And that, that's kind of a good way to understand it. The kingdom has already come. We, if you are a Christian today, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ personally, you're part of the kingdom. You're, you're in the kingdom now. And you're living the kingdom life to a certain degree. You're your personal experience and our experience together as God's people loving one another and ministering together and ministering to each other and blessing and sharing gifts and all of those kinds of things, those are all manifestations of life in the kingdom. But of course, this is a taste of what is yet to come. And so Paul would have also then included the kingdom is coming. So he would have told those that came to visit him that Christ is the king, that the kingdom is now, but the kingdom will come in its fullest sense in the future. And that's the message that we also bring today. So preaching the kingdom of God, and then it said teaching Jesus Christ, teaching the things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in a sense, you know, although preaching can apply to believers as well. But we think of preaching the kingdom, we're talking about this is the message to those who are outside. There is a king, the kingdom is here, come on in, and one day the kingdom will come in all its fullness. But then for those who come into the kingdom, what we do now is we teach the things concerning Jesus Christ. And so that, that's what we do. That's why we go through God's word because that's where you know, the, God's, God's word is the, the ultimate revelation is about Christ. And so we're teaching about Jesus Christ, his person, who he is. We, we talk about his divine nature, but also his human nature. He is God who took upon himself a human body. And we speak of his life and his ministry and his teaching. And we learn about him from each of those things and his work, his work upon the cross, his atoning death and his resurrection from the dead, his ascension into heaven, his sending the Holy Spirit to fill us. So those are the things we do. That's what the church does. What Paul did for two years there in Rome, that's just a little uh, microcosm of what the church is to be doing, preaching the kingdom and teaching the things that concern Jesus Christ. Now, as we come to a conclusion, I want us to remember that the mission is not yet completed and there's still work to do. 
and we've got to continue to preach the kingdom of God and teach people the things that concern Jesus Christ. And we can only do that through the empowering of the Spirit. And that's where the whole story began, remember? It all began with the the followers of Jesus after his death and resurrection asking him this question, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, that's what they were waiting for. They They were Jews, and they knew that there was a promise of a Messiah, and that the Messiah would come and he would be a descendant of David and he would sit on the, the, the throne of David and he would establish a, a universal kingdom that would be based in Jerusalem and it would be a, a blessing to the Israelites. It would be a blessing to the, to the Jewish nation and, and the blessing would extend out to the rest of the world. And, and that's what they were expecting. They didn't expect a crucifixion. That just was not even remotely in their thinking. The Messiah can't die. He wouldn't be the Messiah if he died, they thought. But now they've, they've been educated. Okay, wow, the Messiah did die, but he came back to life. And now that he's alive, they're asking him this question. They're, and you know they probably thought like, all right, we're finally getting it. And so now is the time, right, Lord? This is when you're gonna establish the kingdom. And what does Jesus say? He said this, he said, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses to me. Now to them, he said, you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, which they were, and Judea, which they were, and Samaria, which they were, and all the way out to now Rome, where Paul is, to the ends of the earth. And that word for them is the same word for us today. You see, today, it's not for us to know times or seasons which God has put in his own authority. You know, we don't know when the Lord is going to return. And there's certainly nothing with, uh, no problem with having an interest in the coming of the Lord. I mean, that's a wonderful reality that is in the future at some point, but we don't know when in the future. And so rather than thinking, okay, you know, now is the time, the kingdom's gonna be restored to Israel. Somebody asked me on the radio the other day, you know, what does the Bible say about blood moons? Nothing, doesn't say anything about blood moons. It just, there's a prophecy from, from Joel that's recorded right here in Acts that in, you know, at that time, at the very end, that the um, sun is going to turn to sackcloth and the moon's going to turn to blood before the coming of the great and the awesome day of the Lord. It's talking about what's going to happen during the tribulation. That's all it says. That's the only reference to a blood moon uh, in the Bible. And so when we get preoccupied with those kinds of things, it's just the wrong thing. And that, that's what Jesus says to them. Lord, are you going to establish the kingdom now? It's not for you to know that. That's not your, you don't have any control over that. This is what you are to know. You're going to receive power. 
and the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you're going to be witness to me. You're going to preach the kingdom, and you're going to teach concerning me, and you're going to do it starting right here, and you're going to go out to the farthest reaches of the world. And so as we close our study in the book of Acts, I want to remind you that that is where we are. We are at that place. We don't know when the Lord's coming. Uh, The sooner the better for sure. But that's not to be our our obsession. That's not to be our preoccupation. Our preoccupation is to be, Lord, we want to get the word out. We want to see the gospel spread. So, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Because, you know, this is something we can't do ourselves. We, God never intended that the Great Commission be fulfilled through us giving our best effort. Our best effort is going to fall short. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't give our best effort. It just means that our best effort is never going to get it done. We need more than our best effort, and God's happy to supply that. He told us he would. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so the best way to finish our study here in the book of Acts is just to be saying, Lord, would you fill me afresh with your spirit? Because obviously the work is not yet done. And there are many who still need to hear the gospel, who will come to faith in Christ and who need to be discipled and brought to maturity in the Lord. And Lord, would you you use me to do that? And remember, as we've gone through this book, we've seen, you know, we've seen it all. We've seen the apostles and we saw how Paul was a kind of a, he was a persecutor, but then God pulls him in and makes him an apostle. But we've seen all of these different, just ordinary people, just like us, who are going about life with this goal to glorify God. To, to glorify Christ, to proclaim his name, to, to get his message out to people. And those people are just a reminder to us that that's how God works. He works through people. He works through his people. And he calls some to be in a, a visible position, you know, high recognition, speaking to emperors and kings and he calls some to do that and but you know most he just calls like to hey you got a neighbor right you got people that you work with right you got people that you're associated with uh if they don't know the lord then that's the mission field right there and there's people all around the world like that so may god help us to realize that the story of acts will not be completed until the Lord returns. And more and more and more chapters have been added already, and there's more chapters to be added. And guess what? You're in the book. You're in the story. And who knows? Maybe someday the Lord will just say, oh, here's the finished copy of Acts. And we'll read right here about, you know, Paul being in his own rented house for two years. And then suddenly we just jump into the next thing that happened. And you never know, you might be reading, you know, we got a lot of time in eternity. You could read, you know, the, the story there. And all of a sudden there's your name. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes, we did this. I did this. Oh, and, and it's right here. You never know because the book 
is intentionally left incomplete because the work is not yet done. And we are the ones at this time to write the story. It's a never-ending story. Let's keep writing it by faith in the grace of God and through the power of this. Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled, The Gospel by Ray Ortland. Are you experiencing the glory of Christ made visible through the beauty of gospel-infused relationships in the church? Well, in his book, The Gospel, Ray Ortland shares a biblical examination of what he calls a gospel culture, a culture that both fosters Christian relationships and is attractive and welcoming to those outside the faith. To develop a biblical understanding of gospel culture, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order the gospel by Ray Ortland. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we begin a new series in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.